हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू अवंतिका डिजाइनरिंग सीरीज और एडीएस एस वी लाइक टू कॉल इट एवरी वीक ऑन वेडनेसडे वी फीचर डिजाइन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी लीडर्स हु शेयर द प्रोफेशनल जर्नी दर थॉट्स ऑन द डोमेन ऑफ वर्क एंड डिजाइनरिंग वेयर द वर्ल्ड ऑफ डिजाइन एंड इंजीनियरिंग मीट मेक श्योर यू फॉलोअर्स ऑन सोशल मीडिया इंस्टाग्राम लिंकड इन फेसबुक एंड ट्विटर एंड विद दैट लेट्स कंटिन्यू विद योर शो डिजिटल टेक्नोलॉजी हैज ट्रांसफॉर्म्ड कंज्यूमर हैबिट्स drastically within the past decades mobile devices applications machine learning automation and many other factors allow customers to get what they want almost exactly at the moment they need it these new digital technologies have caused a shift in customers expectations resulting in new kind of modern buyers today's buyers want organization to treat them as unique individuals and know their personal preferences and to understand the importance of customer preferences during digital transformation in this episode we get into conversation with swami sita raman head of technology at cred with professional experience of around 3 decades in several multinational companies swami holds his expertise in domains like technology transformations product strategy and building organization and that's why on our journey of discovering designering we talk to him about symphonizing technology for customers hi swami welcome to avantika designering podcast series it's an honor and pleasure to host you today on our show hey rohit uh, very good morning and uh, i'm super excited to uh, you know jam up the journey with you and uh, and learn from you right in over this uh, next 35 40 minutes so swami starting with my first question other than being a techie you are an incubator founder and a keyboard player with agam a carnatici progressive rock band the question that i have is how do you balance your time and mind space between these diverse set of activities and what's your secret sauce to multitasking yeah actually what has happened is uh, you know this came slightly late in life i think i started music in 2005 uh, i'm a self taught musician and most of my learning came much later when i was 25 right after marriage uh, so it was not something that started from the beginning but there was a sudden occurrence i think in 2005 where um, i just by accidently got a keyboard and i started composing a song and writing lyrics so writing the lyrics in the language of tamil uh, i didn't know that i actually i could write uh, poetry and i didn't know i could play music so both of them was a revelation for me and then sort of built o- over that and since 2007 where started playing a reality show as part of agam um, and then from 2010 been playing live shows uh, across india across globe uh, i've done about 500 600 shows Uh, and while having a day job right just to tell you a complexity right on average we play about 30 to 35 shows a month which uh, sorry a year which means almost three shows a month that during weekend we travel so uh which means uh that i take about almost three weekends away from family and i have to travel 
most of the time because local gigs in Bangalore is very, uh, you know, once in three or four months. Now, uh, what I realized through the time is that when you have passion for something, one, you will prioritize it. When we say I don't have time, you know, my strong belief is that it's because we don't prioritize it. Uh, actually, I think we have a lot of time, but we prioritize things that we want to do. I just want to give an example of uh, Stephen Covey's Big Rock uh, video that's in YouTube. Everyone should watch it. Is It's about in life, you know, if we start first filling our jars, which is the time we have and the mind space with pebbles uh, first, then you accommodating big rocks will be different, difficult rather. Um, so what do you mean by big rocks? Is your priority in life? What are your priorities in life? Your priority in life is uh, obviously if you're married, family becomes a priority. Obviously your economic engine is a priority and ensuring you work um, and intellectually you compound and that becomes a priority. Your health becomes a priority. And then, you know, uh, you know, if you go slightly, uh, you know, in the self-actualization, then something more meaningful, something more dear to you is very, very important. And that's where music comes in. That's where art comes in, where which is beyond everything, right? So uh, for me, these are the big rocks, right? I fill these big rocks first, then the pebbles, which means I had to sort of give up on, I used to binge watch cricket. I used to go and watch movies. I used to socialize a lot more. And I have to sort of give them up to get something that I want to prioritize in life. So my strong belief is that if you really want something in life, you can prioritize. Um, and I prioritized it. But that would not have happened without, um, you know, blessing and support from family. Because uh, they've been, uh, my wife Raji, my son Skanda and my daughter Maitri have been extremely supportive. And they have encouraged me to uh, go out and play and not feel guilty about uh, that second you know whenever i'm there with them i have made it a point to spend quality time not um you know just whiling away a little bit of time and then just doing it for the heck of it rather whatever little time i have i spend quality time and give an un undivided time to them um and and that's what if i have to summarize right i think the secret sauce is sacrifice few pebbles that you were you're okay sacrificing um, prioritize big rocks, what you really want in life. And that's where you should give your time and mind space. Um, three, whenever you get time, give very undivided and quality time to things you do. And uh, four, I think if you're lucky and have a supportive family, I think everything will just fall in place. And that's that's the magic sauce, I would say. Well, so that's, that's um, a really exciting philosophy and take as to how you do this. But I have another one on this and the fact that you have over two and a half decades of experience in the field of technology, which is huge. And what's exciting is the evolution in the world of technology itself during these same 25 years uh, time period. The question that I have is, how have you been able to keep up pace with the changes in the world of technology itself? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. So I started in 1995, right? Working, um, I still remember in in the first place I worked. We used to take turns to check our personal email. First of all, there won't be many personal emails. One or two people who uh, had relocated to US or otherwise used to send. But the excitement of standing in a queue in in a company to check your personal email. In one single desktop, right? I very clearly remember that 
uh, waiting for 15 minutes to check an email, right? Now, everything is a privilege, right? Now, uh, iPads and MacBook Pros is in hand of probably even toddlers. And uh, it, it is such a privilege. And But I think starting from uh, where I started, I can really understand how, you know, from extreme of waiting 15 minutes to get a turn to check your email to where we are today. Um, I, I still remember I worked, started on working on Java Alpha 0.6, if I correctly remember. And this was in 96 and to where we are today in terms of assortment of programming languages, scripting languages, platforms, most things have been commoditized. Like you can, you know, build things very, very real. Um, so uh, what I realized is unless and until you stay with these changes, I think you'll very soon become redundant, right? And if you're rigid and if you're sitting in comfort zone saying, hey, I don't want to learn this. This is, um, I'm, I'm doing well with what I have. I think that's a recipe for failure in my opinion. Um, so I used to follow a lot of tech blogs, right? High scalability, um, so many tech crimes. And yeah, uh, there are so many such blogs. Like if you take Netflix or, you know, blogs from Google, Facebook, um, you know, HubSpot. There are so many really good blogs uh, available out there. Not one on the tech world and also on how you have to evolve as a person, right? Uh, and also to understand the product, eco startup ecosystems, so on and so forth, right? There are so many such blogs. I think keeping abreast with that, keeping abreast with what is happening around you is extremely important to understand. Now, now that you have kept updated yourself now everything that you do in an organization it's really important for the culture or the ecosystem to uh, enable and provide the freedom for people to experiment right for example let's say you want to uh, you know implement solution for a stream processing platform at real time you want to crunch data and provide certain real-time experience to customers uh, right it's really important to go out and look at what are the five six alternatives that you have how do you compare them? How what how does they stack up in terms of whether reliability, whether it's in terms of latency requirement, whether in terms of scalability? Um, you know there are multiple attributes, right? So you spend time, you spend time truth seeking. What is the best out there? Even that means that uh, you know from an operability perspective, you have to put in some more effort to make it work. But I think just being inquisitive, just being curious about things out there, actually trying it out and seeing what works best for you. One, it helps you understand what is out there. Two, it helps you make a very informed decision of what is there. So uh, I would say that I think, you know, if I had to sort of abstract very philosophically, I think having curiosity and having a mindset to go and uh, figure out what is there will actually help uh, everyone personally compound and also help compound uh, the product and also help pass that information across to many people. So it will have a sort of network effect in terms of compound. Excellent and, and absolutely well said. In fact, what is also exciting, Swami, is when we talk about your entire journey, right from 1995 till now. And on LinkedIn, while someone wants to surf about your uh, experience, they have to click multiple times to actually get down to where you started. So right from BFL software at Bangalore, then to Barbados, Singapore, moving to Yahoo, 
Flipkart, Ola, Gojek, so many companies that have happened over a period of time. Can you take us through your uh, professional journey? How, how did it all happen? And did you plan it as systematically? How, how did you land up at all of these organizations doing things that you've done over a period of time? Yeah, it's a long journey. I'll try and keep it crisp. So, uh, 1995, I, I used to study at a college called Tamil Nadu College of Engineering that's in Coimbatore. And I grew up all my life there. Then I, in 95, I shifted to Bangalore, uh, right? And in Bangalore, uh, just right after uh, my education, I uh, joined CDAC uh, in Bangalore. And I was studying there at CDAC. Uh, and while I was applying for jobs in, you know, uh, had started that process slightly early. Um, I think Touchwood, uh, thankfully, I landed up with uh, BFL immediately. And uh, I also spoke to Sirak and said, that, hey, look, I have a job where I had, I was working in shift, right? So in BFL, it used to be shift because the place could only accommodate so many people, right? So I used to work in the uh, evening shift. So Morning, I used to go to CDAC, finish all my classes and really have really nice lunch. I really remember that place for lunch uh, and some amazing people there. Uh, but then I used to go to work at three o'clock, right? And then uh, work up to 10 o'clock. Um, so it was a uh, very busy, but very interesting time. I learned a lot, both at CDAC as well as at BFL. I was learning tandem systems and you know, tandem COBOL and different, like really, really interesting operating system, interesting projects. Sort of got off and, 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 you know, first initiation into this. Um, so within about six months of time in CDAC, at the end of the course, we had campus interviews coming in. And that's where I still remember they, um, there was this company called Platform Reengineering Technologies, PRT. I was going to Barbados, right? I'm like this small town guy. Grew up in uh, Coimbatore um, and then now I'm off to Barbados. And we had like a two week program, a lot of training program and etiquette and uh, how you go about having a 10 course meal and all of that. Right? It was pretty exciting uh, for someone to go and explore that part of the world. So I landed in Barbados, um, completely different culture and a uh, bit of a shock for first uh, few days, I would say. Uh, but then I sort of got settled in, sort of explored my worldview, right? From um, suddenly you see it, you know, suddenly you see a completely new world and new culture and people are different. But, you know, I was very curious about this and I started uh, mingling with them, started to understand a lot more about the culture. And that's where I picked up a lot of interest in music there, right? In terms of reggae, which sort of, uh, you know, I could relate to it now, now that, uh, you know, post 2007, 2005, I've been a lot into music. I could relate some of the influences now in terms of reggae, uh, soca, calypso, and and, and, and really very um, happy, chirpy music, right? And, 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 and suddenly I was a new place and that's where I started learning uh, about real world programming, um, you know, started learning Java, started with Alpha, uh, Java Alpha, building middleware products in Java, right? That's how that whole journey was there. So it was about, I would say, 14 months. 
it was a lot of fun um i will be very honest that i somewhere i felt that for two reason i said that i can't continue this one is too much fun uh, of course i was learning and i was working but uh, i wanted you know i'm a sort of person i needs to be challenged i needs to be sort of intellectually and you know filled with things and i want to be busy right i don't want my mind to wander so um i decided to sort of move uh to singapore and that's when i moved from uh, this company called prt to singapore and singapore I worked in uh the national research lab it's called uh, a star no it used to be called as kendridge digital labs it was affiliated to the university so the f- first part of my experience i was doing work related to research uh mostly in the area of information security um and building products around that uh later the concept with the lab is that you build an ip and sort of take it to market right by spinning off a software so that's where a, a company called securage was spun off from that um uh that research lab and uh, i was one of the founding member of the star- uh, startup and predominantly this was in information security space building products predominantly i was a back end engineer uh building bunch of products i still remember 1999 2000 building an ssl vpn product much way ahead of time um in that experience in singapore about 5 years i was there uh my learnings were like uh during my experience in in singapore another interesting thing happened is i started playing club cricket serious sub, uh, club cricket in singapore and i was captaining uh, the side called indian association um i played multiple division but i captained the third division side and i really think most of my leadership learnings or management learnings came from there there was this amazing team in sun called performance architecture and development engineering team amazing team incredible talent density right richard mcdougal uh, author of solaris os was part of the team right i think uh, just being with the team and learning from people helped me to compound a lot more understand uh, the performance engineering very foundations of that um and 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 really really i thoroughly enjoyed the time and and the quality of people my learning there was right hey if you need to get better be in a team where at least 80% of people are better than you right if you if you are better than 80% of people uh, it's a recipe for you to decay right so it's extremely important i i i realize what is talent density right what can talent density do to each other um how it can help you to become a better person right so that was a big big learning at sun then i spent the next uh, few years i worked at ja- next few years i worked at juniper networks for some time and then uh, with yahoo um for about uh, 3 and a half 4 years at yahoo the um it was about uh, you know how big companies how how do you scale how do you scale culture how do you scale uh value orientation how do you scale systems how do you scale um and process like massive amount of data then back to flipkart in 2012 when i say back to flipkart i meant back to uh being in a startup because the other startup experience i would say was secure age in singapore where we spun off a startup but back to this was um uh, really fascinating for me i was slightly doubtful um you know having spent about um 16 years 
uh, in big companies, uh, except for the secure age stint. And I was thinking, hey, would I be able to cope up with startup again? But on the contrary, I loved it. I loved the hustle. I really could, I felt so empowered that I can bring about bigger changes and faster. Love the fact that you don't need to run around to make decisions and approvals and policies, right? This I'm talking about early Flipkart days in 2011. Um, so it, it was like for me, I had like the childlike passion in me got triggered again. Post that, um, I you know, spent about slightly less than a year at Ola. Again, at Ola, it was about speed, hustle and seeing that um, you know, I would say I, I remember Ola for exponential growth, right? What happens during exponential growth? How do you deal with uh, uh, such, you know, things moving at an extremely rapid pace and you're sort of left out saying, how do we solve this? And um, so was, I was VP of engineering at Ola and I had this problem, a, a peculiar problem that I want to share was the scale was like tremendous and the current system wouldn't scale. Um, now, what do you do? You have 30 odd people, uh, but then the systems may scale like 10x or probably even 50x very soon. What do you do, right? And you have like a uh, a cluster formation, like a conventional cluster formation, like customer, supply, um, booking, data, and so on and so forth. So I, I came up with this, um, of course, a lot of people helped me to refine this, but uh, I, the formation was moved just into these three clusters. And then after three months, we moved back to the conventional cluster formation. That really helped to solve three problems, right? Build for future, fight it out, uh, and prevent leakages for the present, and while help business scale, right? So I, I remember um, Ola for that, and, 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 and super proud about a few things I've done at Ola. Um, and super proud about the team. A um, lot of team members have, uh, throughout my career, I've stayed, uh, you know, in, in touch with them and continue the relationship. But yeah, Ola was fascinating. And post Ola, I, um, you know, I said that, hey, look, I'm in 40s, but I don't want uh, my urge to do a startup uh, not being at least right. And it's it's for me, right? Not trying is a crime, right? It's to me, uh, trying and failing is a mistake. Not trying is a failure, right? I, th- I think that's the distinction. Uh, very, very fundamental to my thinking. So I said, like, look, whatever happens, I want to uh, try. And then why at that time was because I think in terms of my financial um, needs and financial debts and everything, I had cleared all of them by then. And uh, yeah, did this uh, startup called Pianta, which is... Uh, home healthcare uh, B2B, uh, uh, you know, startup, uh, trying to, you know, remove inefficiencies in home healthcare management, right from lead generation to fulfillment. That was an exciting year. Uh, At startup, I realized that um, what skin in the game is, you know, skin in the game is about everything. You worry about everything about the company. I wouldn't say worry or concern rather. And you want to do something about it, right? And uh, like, it, it cannot be right, oh, I'll be indifferent to an issue or I'll be a bystander. You can't be, right? When it's your money, it, when it's your product, it's your people, when you have that feeling infused in you, then 
you would look at every single thing and say that no we need to be uh, the best in each of it and we need to ensure we do something about it if something breaks down right i really and and of course gives you a lot of scar right emotional scars so many scars um uh, but but i really uh, it sort of reinforce what skin in the game means and uh, uh and yeah it was a very compressed exciting journey but lot of learnings made a lot of rookie mistakes um as part of startup and uh, sort of reflected and 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 sort of helped to understand the ecosystem better lot more i would say i was a techy and slightly productish sort of a thinking but then doing the startup um a lot more uh, you know entrepreneurial mindset and lot more the whole viewing the whole ecosystem um if i have to sort of say what is the biggest learning for me was to like how do you process right i think that's the sort of system framework that got instilled in me and that's the biggest learning for me from uh, doing the startup of course uh, this sold the star uh, pianta to gojek and that's how i joined gojek gojek acquired uh, pianta i think it was in 2016 and uh, i moved to gojek uh, gojek was uh, again it was a company in indonesia so one of the thing i was literally worried is hey what will happen i'm building a product for um uh, uh uh for indonesia not necessarily in india and i was very particular that hey look i'm either fully in or fully out i cannot have you know uh, half measures here right I, and passion is extremely critical right you have either you you have passion or you don't have it there is nothing like i have some passion right so i really oriented myself saying that hey look the way Uh, you have to look at winning uh, is the only objective here uh, and winning means you're winning for customers winning means you're winning for shareholders right and if you take an analogy to sport to here this is how i process winning so i said i need to help you know the way i process is actually it has to be winning and winning for the drivers and and consumers uh, Uh, in indonesia and like that's how i process that um i had a very uh, uh i would say very enriching experience at uh, gojek for i spent about 14 15 months i was predominantly running tech and product for the supply side of product which is working very closely with drivers um very closely working with operation people from operations and support um that again sort of reinforced uh, my understanding of uh hey everything is very hunky dory when you see a consumer app but there is so much that goes behind in terms of uh how you know this analogy will work both for back end teams as well as operations and uh really people on the supply side who are using your product right how do you go and seek truths and how do you uh live their journey and make their life better right i think that was the biggest learning for me I started blogging about what uh, drivers want as a blog series. I re- remember that very clearly. I I I this is on my LinkedIn blog. Um I spoke to drivers in Malaysia, I've spoken to drivers in India, predominantly in India, right? And uh, shared their pain point experiences, their their own world view to uh, some of the rate hailing companies and um and how they are engaging with them. And, and and that was very interesting uh, it was very passionate for me 
Hey, did you know Cred has created a community of high trust individuals and is collecting data to potentially offer a myriad of financial products. Data is the new oil for it and it banks on transforming transactions to trust. Wow, Swami, so this has been an incredible journey and I think uh, while you've been expressing all of these things, uh, you know, what I could connect with is 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 you uh, actually visualizing the last uh, two and a half decades, the learnings that you've had and, and, and the interesting connections, learnings, uh, you know, people that you've met. It's it's I, I think it's it's a very, very incredible journey. And moving from all of those organizations to the organization that you're now working with, Cred. I mean, Cred looks super cool fintech startup. And, and I'm seeing this more as a customer um, uh, than, than, than an observer. I remember the uh, Avengers Assemble post by Kunal uh, while hiring a few months ago. And while talking about, you know, I, I, I would like you to share uh, what do you do at Cred, what's happening at Cred. And uh, can you also share uh, with us this exciting work culture at Cred? Sure. Awesome. Um, so I was one of the, I think I was the seventh person to join Cred very early because I, uh, Kunal had invested in my uh, startup and then I was talking to Kunal and, and he is my mentor. Uh, right, and I was talking to him uh, post Gojek, and was talking about cred. And I, I fundamentally joined cred only for three things. Right, I think one, I was looking for my value system and the founders' value system, and see if there are larger overlaps. Um, it was not about for me. It's not about money. Second, it is really important that ecosystem culture uh, that sort of fits in, which is sort of I it as value system. I have larger overlaps. If I have a Overlap less than 50, if it is 49, 51, I will just skip it. Um, second uh, is uh, in terms of an interesting problem that you would want to solve for, right? That was a second thing, uh, motive in terms of want to. And third, I really wanted to be surrounded by people, very smart people, right? I want to learn, right? Uh, for me, not learning is actually decaying. It's not staying constant, right? So, so, so that's a reason I sort of joined uh, Great. Um, an interesting thing about cred is we don't have titles. We have only roles. So if you look at my title, I will say I'm like, I say like, what is the best title I can say? Put I say like, I'm having a good time. I really am having a good time at cred, right? Um, since I, I joined. Uh, so that's one of, um, you know, that sort of sets the tone for uh, what cred is about. It's about being mission oriented. It's about, um, you know, uh, giving your best and creating uh, an amazing experience for um, the top 1% of India, right? I don't want to go too much into the product and stuff like that. But um, in terms of uh, the culture at Cred, I will reflect on my own culture because there are a lot of overlaps, how I have processed it and give some uh, examples as well as we speak. Uh, the way I, I sort of... The, you know, for me, if I had to uh, take a metaphor for anyone to be successful in a company, I would say a map, a compass and a mirror, right? I think uh, 
Um, uh, talking a little about uh, ownership, right? I feel like there are five levels of uh, uh, not feel. I I think there are five levels of uh, empowerment and ownership. One is to say that hey, look, there is a problem. These are like people who can identify problems, but they don't do anything about it. Second is um, people who say that hey, there is a problem, someone should fix it, which is like you know, um, sort of I would say passing the buck. The third is hey, there is a problem. Uh, and I want to do something about it. Uh, are you okay, right? The fourth is saying, hey, there is a problem I have addressed it, and this is an FYI. The fifth is there is a problem I solved it because I solved it uh, is is actually for the customers. It is for the members. It is for the stakeholders. Like I don't need to, uh, as long as it is right. Obviously, you cannot step on others' shoes and stuff like that, but largely processing ownership like this really helps so that you don't feel like you are helpless and you're like a, a, a victim here right so um, that's that's on in terms of uh, ownership right trust um, at cred um, not sure if, you know many people know about it salaries played upfront in the month trust is always given first and then uh, you know it is uh, up to the other person to break which most of them don't do Right, I think uh, so. Earning trust is extremely important in credit, and also earning trust also means earning your badge when you're new. Right, it's not like uh, there's no entitlement for what you have done in the past. Um, so earning trust is extremely uh, critical. Uh, we, sp- I spoke about skin in the game. Right, uh, it's extremely critical to see a uh, the downside across whether it's part of your circle of ownership or is not within the circle of ownership, but you do something about it and not be a bystander or being indifferent. Uh, this is a very interesting one at CRED is uh, pride in work. Uh, truth seeking, right? Uh, questioning everything. Why? Why now? Why not something else? Um, uh, and, 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 and not just be trying to, uh, you know, uh, fulfill. It cannot, should not be a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You do something with which is well thought through and you've questioned everything, right? Um, and, you know, non-hierarchical openness, right? Anyone uh, should be able to have a voice and express what they feel about it. It does not mean everything will be uh, perfect, but everything will be done. But it is having that voice is extremely critical and uh, is very important. Other one very interesting at uh, CRED is output versus outcome, right? Uh, output is saying that I wrote a beautiful code with 100% test coverage, um, it's on a new age stack and uptime is 99.9% latency under 30 milliseconds. But guess what? Uh, I get 10 requests per day. It's meaningless. It's not an outcome. It's an output, right? So we very clearly distinguish between output and outcome. Um, solving elegantly, thinking long-term, thinking second-order effects, thinking third-order effects, Thinking about people, right? There are, you know, we often think that writing code is the main solving everything. No, you're writing code, which is uh, affecting so many other people, right? Uh, For example, the, you know, DevOps team have to think about operability, how to um, ensure uh, the uptime and monitoring so many other things, right? They have to be very, they'll worry about that. Security will worry about is it secure or not? Legal will worry about legal aspects of it. Um, investors will worry about, you know, certain things that they care about. There are so many uh, customers. Customers is not just 
end customer, which is very important end customer, but you also have internal users, right? What does it mean to customer support? What does it mean to operations team? Right? I think thinking through that is extremely important. So solving elegantly is not just providing the best, writing the best code, choosing the best uh, data structure, but are also looking at people or also looking at the ecosystem and solving for it, right? Um, and the last one I want to sort of focus on is compounding, um, which is to get better, learn, be curious, and be a better version of yourself every day. And and if you look at most of the things I said, I gave a lot of examples through my career. And that's one of the reasons I was saying that having a larger overlap and value system is extremely important uh, because then you don't, uh, you know, at least you know that some familiarity in, in, in and which is something very core and dear to you, right? I think you're, you'll be able to appreciate that. That's probably how I would say in terms of largely about my own value system and, and how that overlaps with credit. Interesting. In fact, uh, you know, there's, there's so much um, excitement about what cred does and, and, and so much uh, uh, that is um, out there, uh, you know, on public domain. Uh, and and it's so inspiring and so exciting that everyone wants to be a part of it. However, moving now from cred uh, to things that you do, um, you know, in the world of technology, and there are a few questions that I have on that. My first one is when you talk about the digital payment industry, I mean, customers are used to uh, seamless payments for most daily transactions and with ever-increasing expectations for integrated and secure ways uh, to pay for any product or service. However, I see that there's a gap in understanding whether this technology has the potential for sustainable development that encompasses the ecosystem growth beyond social and economic change. The question that I have for you, Swami, is what are the possible scenarios for the future of digital payment industry? Sure. I think I want to talk a little bit about UPA disruption. I think India has shown the world how to, at this scale, how to build a, a stack of this proportion, right? And adoption of that, like incredible. I think I'm super proud uh, about UPI and, and the kind of disruption it has created and simplification it has created, right? Um, you know, roadside vendors collecting payment through QR code, right? Um, people who are selling tender coconut on the roadside do that. It's it's extremely empowering for them, for everyone. That digital footprint has really, really simplified, uh, solved so many things, right? So, so super proud about that. And I, I think we are in the right trajectory. If you ask about what I foresee in the future, I think um, payments will become even more simpler. Uh, things like tap and pay, uh, a lot of contactless payment, which again is already with post-COVID, some of that is already out there in the market. Um, not having second factor again, some um, you know uh, some improvements have already you would be seeing out in the market. Our tokenization will become bigger. It'll make it much more safer. Right? You never you'll have to reveal your card number for online offline tra transactions. Sorry, uh, for online offline transactions. Um, I think there are form factors like pay later. Again, it has caught up the imagination, but I think it will uh you know become a lot more prevalent and uh and and that see it just removes a friction right uh 
once it removes the friction second it will also once you remove friction people spend more in general right and and uh, if you take a drop off at checkout for many of these e-commerce companies uh, you know for various reasons but one of that is friction right you would uh, you will be able to relate to what i'm saying i think from an authentication perspective um uh biometric face voice these are things that will uh, definitely emerge face uh, you know few places is like uh, it's already sort of uh, uh, emerging um and i would uh these are some of the things i foresee but largely the theme i would see is simplification uh of uh, payments and second is interoperability a lot of these things will they'll be standards they're not like something proprietary for people uh, one or two companies i think a lot of interoperability will play and um, and i think simplification will happen and i think our digital footprint will uh, grow significantly through all form factors of payment whether it's about credit debit uh, whether about pay later or any uh, form factors interesting and uh, i'm sure that there's a huge amount of disruption which is expected in this i think uh, the last decade we've we've seen couple of exciting uh, times with respect to this and while we talk about disruption my next question is 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 based on this that organizations are facing pressure to deliver more value to customers and to lead change through evolved digital capability and obviously to do this uh, successfully certain capabilities um, are 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 must required within an organization the question that i have for you uh, swami is what are the ingredients of a successful digital transformation strategy sure um in terms of ai itself right if you if you look at the value there are two sides of the value to that i think one is for the uh, consumers and it's one is for the companies themselves organizations themselves right um let me give three four examples primarily on this transformation through ai right uh let's uh talk uh, about personalization so what is personalization is again giving the right set of so there is so much of information overload there is so much to do but how you are able to sort of understand users interest based on explicit and implicit signals and how are you able to remove that cognitive overload and give the right things at the right time uh so that they can actually uh, fulfill their needs right it's so personalization becomes extremely important so what in order to do personalization it is really really important to understand who are your you know customers what are their needs what are their wants um what are their habits right and and this is extremely uh, important to understand customers and then personalize experience for them if i sort of have to extend this right if a customer has a need you need right intervention right um you, you know if you go and you know there are so many companies who go and give a loan for people who have excess wealth and they have you know absolutely no interest in doing that it makes no sense but there are some uh, people who have let's say a sudden medical need they are in need of loan i think provide the understanding that in providing them at the right time would be very very useful for them because you are solving a real problem for them they are in need of money they have the right intent to pay back but they need the money at that time right so um so therefore the right interventions 
uh, is extremely important. Um, and uh, if you look at it, there is a lot of, again, now trying to understand, there's so much of unstructured data, right? How do you sort of uh, make sense out of it and build signals out of it? That becomes extremely important. All of them are actually fundamentally going into understanding um, you know, customers better and helping them and solving them, right? Um, of course, uh, everything has to be done with consent and the data and privacy has to is extremely paramount, has to be taken. But yeah, of course, if they give consent for a value, then doing that makes a lot of sense. Um, the last one which I want to sort of touch upon is uh, why understanding uh, uh, customer signals is important is take insurance, right? All of us get the same premium amount. And uh, like in terms of your repayment behavior or your credit score, you would have always uh, been disciplined and done, but you get the same premium amount as anybody else. So when you start solving for uh, a small percentage of people who uh, are bad actors, then a large part of good actors uh, don't get the benefit, right? So I, I really think this digital transformation should, should solve for that. Um, and it should solve for right intervention. It should solve for um, getting not getting penalized for someone else's mistake. It should solve for removing the cognitive overload, uh, and it should solve for uh, a personalized experience. Right? That's that's in my opinion where we can really really solve fundamentally uh, uh, take this incredible technology and solve this for adding value to customers. Hey. Did you know Cred has succeeded in becoming the aspirational mobile application having a rating of 4.6 on 5 with about 100,000 reviews. Cred is also ranked second as top startups on LinkedIn. Interesting. And while you touched upon adding value to customers and uh, you know looking at it, it, it from the customer's perspective, my, my next question actually comes from there. So companies are learning to promote their brands more effectively through digital media. In fact, they're also building new online communities to advise and build loyalty with clients in medical, real estate, or financial services products as well. The question that I have is, what are the other ways in which companies can digitally transform the customer experience of a product or a service? I'll touch upon a little bit about little bit about this. In order to digitally transform customer experience or products, first is to understand what customer is experiencing. And most I have seen in my experience, a lot of people do not a, a really good job here. Um, I think if you really need to know, see two things, right? What customer needs, customer wants, or what things the customer actually don't know, but they actually they want, right? There are knowns and unknowns here. I think one fundamentally understanding, hearing customer voices and understanding what their needs and wants are, I think is extremely important. Um, and how you could do is potentially, there are so many signals, right, which is in public. Like if you look at any product, if you look, go to the Play Store or App Store reviews, you will get ample information. If you look at their social handles, you will get ample insights around that, right? I think, uh, and also if you pay you know, uh, good attention to customer support calls, get a lot of information. First, I actually understand before transforming uh, and fundamentally you have to uh, create one goal, which is to improve. Basically, what I'm trying to say is you have to pivot on 
what customers are going through and what they want and what they don't want right i think um so user research insights and uh, um you know running multiple experiments to understand uh, these are the means uh, or having like close whatsapp group with customers understanding the daily day to day pain uh, uh, and also the joy of using the product i think uh, in my opinion only thing i didn't cover in the last section is how do you be close to customers and really understand uh, what they really want what are they going through uh, and uh, how do you solve for that interesting and absolutely well said in fact while you were talking about uh, this this entire aspect swami one of the areas that i uh, felt was also about design and and it actually um, uh, it 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 actually had a layer in 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 your previous uh, conversation and experiences as well and and that's why uh, you know my next question comes from there that uh, the journey from a basic idea to a great product requires clear communication and a close collaboration between design and development teams the question that i have is how do you make sure that designers are involved in each part of the development process there are different companies do differently but at um, definitely uh, at cred uh, we start design first so we have a problem and then uh, while the product manager spec out exactly what are the customer needs and um, you know how uh, you sort of solve for the ecosystem which means they look at every aspect right marketing uh, legal support all of that but from a design team perspective once they understand what we are doing why we are doing and if you give like fundamentally to anyone if you give the complete context they will be able to come up with the best solution for the context right so i think we uh, first set the context of what needs to be done why we are doing and why now right once that is laid out from the beginning um, then um, the design team starts visualizing uh, this and they come up with multiple they prototype and they come up with multiple uh, options obviously uh, anything that we do we have a set of design standards um we have some reusable widgets templates and so on and so forth um and uh, once the prototyping is done and you know and with few options uh, the stakeholders will be able to sort of visualize and say yeah this makes sense and the stakeholders includes uh, people from product tech uh, design right um and once we are confident about a solution then we pick a particular design experience and wherever we think that hey maybe running experiments will help us understand seek truth better we also design experiments while doing that um and once we do and once we all agree then actually we start coding right until then uh, we don't code on the uh, on the mobile app side uh while uh, there are certain boilerplate things like for example if you know that you have to build a certain capability and we have understood the value and you have prioritized it back end team builds uh, uh the layer separately uh what we leave out is the decorative layer which renders on the app so we sort of separate these two things uh because it will make sense only after you are able to see the complete design and the assets and everything that you need Uh, so we park that but fundamentally we start both on the app and back end we start the boilerplate code that requires to do the wiring and then once design is sort of uh, finalized then we build on top of that 
for collaboration, we use tools like Zeppelin um, and uh, and Fairly, and they're integrated to a Slack channel. So you would know that if any new design is coming in, we all get notified, and then we can go and comment, and we can provide feedback. Um, and that's how we collaborate uh, in every step of it. But to uh, in in a short answer to what you're saying, uh, it is very very important for any organization to one set complete context to the design team and involve them very very upfront because um, at least at Cred we are extremely particular about design and uh, uh, and consistency and uh, how uh, what kind of emotions it evokes so uh, we involve them you know right up front and everything sort of the tone is set from there while we know what we need to solve but we set the tone for the solution through design interesting and that brings me to my last question uh swami that at avantika university we coined this term designering which is a base ideology and philosophy that we operate on where we see the world of design and technology blending while you touched upon this in your in your previous answer uh, what is your take on on this blended approach and and do you think designering is an uh, exciting area or, or 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 an important way to go out and actually uh, coach the future talent no absolutely right i think uh, two things i think without a good design uh, i don't think you'll be able to solve uh, in this new age where the threshold of expectation is very very high uh, i think uh, users will churn right without a good design experience i would say uh, while solving problem is extremely critical assuming that everyone in all the teams are together they have they don't have any thinking bugs they know that they are uh, solving well uh, which can be solved by the way having conversation between design product and engineering together to ensure that there is no thinking bug which means you can only create uh, on what you think we create things twice right one mentally and one physically um, but fundamentally uh, they go design uh, designering you have rightly sort of coined the term because they go hand in hand and it's extremely important in this era uh, to ensure we uh you know remove all the cognitive overload and we provide the best experience for users and we solve the problems um you know and simplify this whole thing uh, and and i i strongly believe uh this will take off and um and it's it's anyway it is very tightly integrated in my opinion and and uh, really kudos to your uh uh your university and team for put coining this and putting this as a, as a curriculum so i'm i i really think this will do really well thank you thank you so much uh, swami for validating that and um, doing this show with us it was exciting uh, to talk to you about your journey about digital transformation and the world of technology uh, i'm i'm sure that our listeners are going to have a lot of learning and take, uh, you know uh, learning and inspiration to take home from from this uh, from the show uh, thank you uh, um, rohit and uh, for giving me this opportunity to spend time and and uh, thank you so much i really appreciate this
Hey there, we hope you enjoyed our show. Do write to us on ads at the rate avantika.edu.in. We look forward to your opinions, feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show. Do tune in our channel next week on Wednesday for a new story on Hubhopper or wherever you get your podcast from. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you.